Hello and welcome to What a Picture, a movie podcast where we go through the sight and sound greatest films of all time critics poll week by week and discuss what makes a great film great. Hello, I'm Brian. I'm not Brian. You're Hannah. It's true. The yes. one and only. Yes. Today we There's are no talking. no one else named Hannah in this entire world. Mm, uh, not true. But we are going to be talking about a man today who is not named Hannah, who is instead named Epi Chatpong Weerasethakul. That is, say that five times fast. Uh, not on the podcast, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna embarrass myself. Um, so the time. movie is Tropical Malady. It comes in at tied for 95, so scraping its way onto the list. True um but i'm glad it did and uh would why like don't we get a little with the summary uh, yeah i would like you to hit me hit me with the summary babe okay let's do it so <laughs> i don't even know how to summarize this movie in the first part hang is a soldier in rural thailand whose group is investigating the mysterious disappearance of cattle from the area he begins a flirtation with tong a local villager tong's dog is sick so Kang and Tong take it to the hospital and learn that it has cancer and will need chemotherapy. Kang and Tong share several just very sweet and tender romantic moments that are sweet and somewhat awkward. Um, after one romantic moment, Tong wanders off. In that's the first part of the movie. Now in a completely different second part, Kang is sent into the forest to kill a tiger shaman spirit thing. <laughs> Yep. Uh, he comes face to face with the spirit and it pushes him down from a cliff, destroying his radio. He is warned by a monkey that the spirit must be killed or it will trap Kang in a ghost world. And then the monkey says that it is on the spirit's team, not on Kang's team. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. I missed yeah. that. Um, Kang then tries to shoot the spirit, but it accident he accidentally kills a cow instead. And coming face to face with the spirit, now in tiger form, Kang surrenders to it. And again, I think that's what happens in the movie. Yeah. Do you think that's what happens in the movie? I, yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. What do you What do you think of the movie, Brian? I loved this movie. I liked it a whole lot. I've seen several of his other things, and so I was excited to check this out. I had not seen it before. How did you think um, you feel about the movie? I wasn't sure. Okay. I wasn't sure uh, what to expect going in. Uh, Abby Chatpong has you just want to say this. Name, I do, and I will continue to say Abby Chatpong. It's a great name. So, Abby Chatpong has um, this, like the second half of the movie, like the trance-like meditative quality to it. Several of his other films also have that. He gets grouped in with um, some other filmmakers like uh, Andrei Tarkovsky, who has several films on the list, and and Bellatar, who has a film on the list as well, in this uh, genre called slow cinema. Okay. And slow cinema often has... John Dielman would be another example Um that's that's sometimes categorized as slow cinema okay. where you might get long stretches without any dialogue um 
you're going there's a lot of silence there's a the movie's gonna take its time doing things um each slow cinema director has their own sort of spin on things but often you don't get a whole lot of camera movement Mm -hmm. in slow cinema as well and that's certainly the case uh in epi chat pong you get extended sequences and really um was was sort of pushed to the extreme in his um last movie memoria which is very quiet long you know five minute scenes where the camera doesn't move and you see the characters they might be talking they might not be talking um but yeah you get you get this sort of thing and it it works for me most of the slow cinema auteurs i actually don't connect with uh Tarkovsky as much who's the most famous uh slow cinema guy and he has three films on the list which are um you've got um stalker okay you've got uh mirror which i haven't seen yet and you've got andre rublev which i like a lot actually um but stalker i didn't like quite as much and and we'll get into uh that in that episode but i don't know something about this like trance-like meditative just like sit in stillness aspect of epi chat pong Mm -hmm. works for me and you get that a whole lot more in the second half than you do in the first half of this one i got it in the first half yeah you you get a you get a some i mean it wasn't like a trance-like but it was definitely just it felt very I don't know. I mean, I I don't understand the second half of the movie at all. Loved the Mm -hmm. first half. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, his... The way it presented in the first half, I think just lended to the sweetness of it. Like, it very much was just, like, we're going through normal life, and normal life is sometimes kind of slow. And so normal life is sometimes just kind of sitting with the boy you have a crush on and Mm -hmm. laying in his lap and, you know, like, saying sweet things to each other. Like, sometimes that's just... (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know yeah i i just think that that to me made it sweeter um the first half yeah and, definitely there's there's this real just sweetness and tenderness to the first half of the movie and i think it's uh it's done quite well so uh yeah but um i I really liked this one in particular. Um, I like Apichat Pong's other movies, but this is like probably the standout to me um, of these movies because you get, I like both parts quite a bit. Mm. Um, And we'll certainly get into the second part, but I think they add to each other in a really interesting way way that's difficult to put into words but that i really respond to okay so yeah we'll get into it second part is definitely more my speed than yours so i get that i get that um when we're talking about epi chat pong we need to talk about names for a little bit okay both his name and i wanted to talk about who you think has the better director name out of epi chat pong we are a sethicool 
or Michelangelo Antonioni. Both fantastic director names. Pretty top tier. Ooh, that's really good. So here's the thing is, I don't know if it's just my Western sensibilities, but like Mm -hmm. I can look at Michelangelo Antonioni and like sight read it and pronounce it perfectly. Epichapong. We're a Sethacool. We're a Sethacool. That's a pretty dang cool name. I don't know. Antonioni just makes me want to go Antonioni. Yeah. Over and over again, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, great names though, real powerful. I feel like, you know, when you name children, something you want to run through the back of your head is like, could this person be president? Like, could there be President Ashton or you know whatever? Um, or could this person run a company? Yeah. Um, never think about could this person be a movie director? Maybe we should consider that naming our kids. You know? Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. And the Oscar goes to, and then, you know, yeah. Say their name, which I think both of our names work. Adele Menzina is who the Oscar goes to, you know. Oh, goodness. John Travolta, you weird man. <laughs> Very strange man. Um, We also need to talk about Abby Chat Pong's naming of movies because I think it's fantastic. Okay. So this one, Tropical Malady, is just a really interesting movie name to me where it doesn't necessarily like tell you what's going on in the movie necessarily but it's just a really interesting i don't know it just works for me i think I it does know. i mean malady's what a disease right yeah. so you know something's going on yeah. i think i like it because it's like it's what a is sinister force yeah. what what is the disease is you know is it the disease that's killing his dog is it you know what's killing the cattle is that the cattle shaman forcing yeah Yeah. so i think that's probably why he named it that to kind of give you this like vague yeah just like persona who's the persona you know Mm -hmm. is it is it that elizabeth is a um, something created by anna yeah with her life yeah i think so but maybe not everyone agrees with that you know maybe not everyone so and psycho who's the real psycho Mm. that one's pretty clear but yeah maybe not the uh um the real flashy uh Abby Chat Pong movie title is Uncle Boon Me Who Can Recall His Past Lives, which is also a very good movie, but I love that movie title. I just think it's funny because like that's how like you know, okay, mm-hmm. so this is my Uncle Boon Me. He can't, you know, like as you're at a party and in- introducing people. That yeah. is fun. He can recall his past lives. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> Say I your saw, name and an interesting you, fact about yourself. Do you know all those uh, Barbie posters that have been This Barbie released? can remember. Yeah, it was Uncle Boon Me and this Boon Me can recall his past lives. Oh, that's it's good. so funny. Oh, niche film Twitter jokes. I love them. That's where Brian thrives. That's where I thrive. And then there are other uh, movie titles in uh, in Epi Chat Pong's catalog um so uncle boon me is also in the in the 250 list then you've also got syndromes and a century Mm -hmm. um his most recent movie was memoria and um i've also um seen Cemetery of Splendor, another one. So Harry Potter and the yeah, you always get something that's like really interesting and somewhat flashy of a of a movie title. I think it's really interesting uh, the way it feels very carefully chosen. All of his movie names. Yeah, I'd agree with that. 
Okay, so the way that glances are used early in this movie is just like looking at someone and wanting someone. Yeah. I thought was really powerful. I feel like it's it's, very well captured. Yeah, I feel like this whole movie is very much like it's a flirtation. You know, there's there's so much here that's just like again, first half, because I didn't get the second half. Mm -hmm. That's I don't know. I love it. I love a coming of age story. I love a love story. Um, I guess you can't tell by their name, but Tong and Kang are both uh boys or men. I mean, they're probably like 17, 18 years old. What I think is really interesting is like they have this flirtation. Um, Kang at one point comes and gives Tong a present and he uh says a couple it's it's a, a tape, I guess, of the the clash, which is fun. So it's a there's actually a Thai band called Clash. Oh, which is not quite as fun. I thought oh, it was. I thought it was the Clash. I was like, yeah. thing. Okay, that's it's fine. Whatever. It would have been a little cooler if it was. Yeah. It's like here's this Leonard Skinner DP I found for you. <laughs> um, but he said when I gave you the Clash tape, I forgot to give you my heart. Like there's just yeah. this like very sweet mm-hmm. first love type scenario between these two. So when you talk about glances, it's very much just like a. It, it's this constant flirtation but it's not it doesn't feel like it's rooted in like this like carnal desire it's rooted in this like curiosity that feels very very um adolescent in a way and i think something really funny too is like kang and tong have this romantic flirtation but they also still talk about girls yeah so it's like this friendship isn't like possessive Mm-hmm. in a way um and i just found it i found it very charming because i think tong just like also doesn't know what to do so he holds back and kang is pretty honest with his feelings and um i don't know i'm a i'm a fan of kind of how they how this was depicted between these two guys and their friendship and kind of romantic yeah. possibilities yeah definitely it's uh it's gay month on what a picture is it between this and Mulholland Drive and then I think before the end of the month we're gonna hit Portrait of a Lady on Fire so yeah which really funny so it's not until um probably like 30 minutes in that you see the first like absolute like Kang takes Tom's hand yeah and when it happened, I was like, it's a gay movie. I knew it. I knew it was a gay <laughs> movie. And I was so excited for it to get there because I don't know a lot about mm-hmm. Thai culture. I don't know a lot about acceptance of homosexuality or how it's depicted in media. I mean, 2004, yeah. even in the U.S., it was done in a more understated way or a, it wasn't in common, common media. So, um, or if it was, it was accompanied by yeah. a lot of like, straight people making jokes about it to protect mm-hmm. their own sense of sexuality it's a whole thing yeah so i i was really excited to see that i was yeah. like i felt like the movie really wanted to go there and i i i i just wanted to give it the freedom to go there because yeah. it was so beautifully done so and i think it's neat that we actually i can think of four movies that feature prominent gay characters between the three that we just mentioned and moonlight 
which is neat because there are not that many recent films on the list. Mm -hmm. And so it's neat that we have that representation. Absolutely. On on the list. Um, and it doesn't feel like those stories are are told but it's also doesn't feel like it's like oh well we should probably have something gay for the gay people like it doesn't feel performative it like those these are good movies that were made that happen to be about sexuality because frankly all of these movies are about sexuality all these movies but i feel like every time i talk about a movie it's either about its sexuality or it's about like the character's struggle to survive mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. often they're one in the same but that's yeah. like so much what's featured because those are such relatable yeah. things that people go through in life and i think there's something to that these stories weren't told for so long well, yeah. and so now that we're hearing these stories and getting great directors who are tackling them yeah i think that's producing some of the best art of uh of this century yeah and so that definitely shows repression does create beautiful art to tell you that mm. mm-hmm. mm. okay so the opening quote i was trying to find it uh i did not find it in my brief search but i wanted to talk about it because it made us both go huh <laughs> it yeah. was very opaque and weird and maybe if we were in the culture it make a little bit more sense but i just flew right past me mm-hmm. don't know what was going on with that opening quote so but you couldn't yeah. find it so we can't talk about it. I, I didn't find it so we can't talk about it we can't analyze it okay yeah. well everyone i mean i could look further if you want me to that's okay yeah all right so if you would like to look up the opening quote for yourself dear listener and tell us what it means we would appreciate it or again this movie is available on canopy with a k for mm-hmm. free yes so um sick dog subplot zero out of ten. Zero out of ten i was like yeah. if they're gonna kill this dog and i'm glad they didn't kill the dog but they also give it cancer so yeah like, yeah we we don't like a sick dog uh in our movies i like immediately rated this movie low and stopped liking it. and then the gay stuff happened and i was like yeah. okay like sick people okay we get it sick dogs nope it's like sick, we will not stand for sick it. dogs and sick children. Not, I'm not here for it. Yeah, yeah. If you're like a person who's lived life and like can acknowledge what's happening to you, mm-hmm. I think that's the saddest part about a sick dog is like a dog just knows doesn't know like what cancer is. A dog just knows that its body isn't carrying its perfect soul to and fro like it should, and mm-hmm. all it knows is it's the love of its owner. And I'm gonna start crying just thinking about it. This, that poor dog. Yeah, he was definitely dead now because it's 2004. Yeah. You know? a 19 year old dog baby anyway yeah so yeah if you stop putting sick dogs in your movies we don't it we doesn't don't it doesn't that. add to anything for I don't say that. yeah yeah though better than like the endless slaughter of animals that happened in rule of the game yeah seriously yeah, yeah if you're gonna kill a bunch of dogs which you don't um cgi yeah so we talked about how it's nice to have uh representation for um the gay community in this film it's also nice to have thai culture represented Mm -hmm. so well in this film because there's not a whole lot there is a whole lot of population in this area of the world 
and there are not a whole lot of well-known movies from this part of the world and so it's really neat you know we had to look up like what is the uh uh, primary religion in Thailand. We were going really back stupid and after forth. We yeah. it up. I was like, of course it's Buddhist. Like, yeah, we were going back and forth whether it was uh, Hindu or Buddhist because they both believe in reincarnation, which is somewhat of a a, a theme here and definitely in uh, in Uncle Boonie, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you get these really interesting glimpses into the religion into the culture and it's it's just really neat to have that represented and to have a great director who can capture a different culture it 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 makes me happy that there that we get to watch these foreign films and experience these cultures that you know otherwise without going there we perhaps could not experience yeah it's just a neat thing i think that was kind of the most exciting part about going through this list and doing this project together it's like because again there were only what 33 if that american movies um Mm -hmm. and that's great i mean it's always good to kind of be exposed to various cultures i think that's the point so much of art is to be given things to think about right and whether or not it's things about your own culture or things about other cultures or things about other classes or other races or other sexual identities like there's so much that art can help you kind of try build empathy whether it's through like commonalities or differences um and I think I agree I think it's it's really I'm really thankful to have I would probably never watch this again um but I'm I'm thankful for the experience that I got to have by watching it that I would not have had if not for sight and sound so thank you sight and sound yeah absolutely also thank you happy chat pong oh yeah also that yeah so having good taste in music is a big turn on you know yeah uh when I uh found out that hannah liked the shins i think i was just gonna say it was the shins right that first brought us together yeah it was a little vampire weekend yeah yeah weekend yep andrew bird as well Mm -hmm. yeah it's good uh good indie music another another go andrew bird in the mysterious production of eggs is Mm. a is a very bon me and his past lives or whatever yeah that is that is um armchair apocrypha another great andrew bird uh Mm -hmm uh album name also brian uh, for me it was when how excited you got about taylor swift 1989 when it came out yeah (laughs) we weren't dating yet i like that i like that uh album a lot it's a great album but you and your roommates like were blasting it on your speakers at your house when they came over one day to hang out this is before we even close to dating and that Mm -hmm. was like oh oh okay then that, I mean, I learned how you broke into a Katy Perry concert that one time, who, like, I'm not super about, but mm-hmm. you were the one who told me how good Ariana Grande is, which yeah. you're right. So, mm-hmm. good music. Definitely. But yeah, you know how I feel about coming-of-age tale. I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. I There's so, something just so tender about, like, ages 15 through 19, you know, and about a first love and and of course they're they're often fraught with 
mm-hmm. horribleness and 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 things that turn wrong but mm-hmm. just this like the first time that you realize someone loves you and the first mm-hmm. time that you let yourself fall in love with someone and yeah. when a movie can capture that in and in, in yeah. all of its awkwardness and all of its sweetness it's yeah. something about like the first time you're able to to attempt that level of vulnerability whether in the eyes with a person who's worthy of that level of vulnerability yeah. is a whole nother thing but um i think you just kind of see that playfulness and yeah i think of the scene of tong singing karaoke yeah and just the the genuineness and there's no artifice there there's no jadedness there's no walls that have been built up over years and years just genuinely being who you are yeah. with another person and that's i mean that's what this life is about right great in a lot of ways so we're we're i'm i i i think that's like my favorite thing about the movie is just mm-hmm. the way it captured that type of sweetness mm-hmm. um and then there's like also the scene where tong they like kind of one up each other on kissing each other's hands. <laughs> I was like so uncomfortable, but like it is stop really, watching. Yeah. It was just so tender. There's also the uh uh Tang puts his hand on Tong's leg and I heard it described, I think by uh uh, uh Scott Tobias does these little write-ups in the reveal of the sight and sound movies and I was reading it like not understanding how human anatomy works almost yeah (laughs) like this really awkward but they're both just like trying it out you know exploring i mean i think it's Mm -hmm. it's yeah i i thought this was just darling really really sweet um and dumb and playful and yeah i don't want to experience that time in my life again like but uh glad yeah. glad for them that they have this and we get to see it yeah uh there's also a um a uh interesting part of the movie it is in the first half here they are talking to this woman who tells this folk story about two poor farmers and i'm not sure exactly how this fits into the movie but these two poor farmers find um this like find uh gold somewhere but then they get greedy and go back for more and then the gold turns into like rocks or something and i don't remember the exact specifics of the story but it's just this uh spoke tale about uh about greed wanting too much feels very like thai cultural folklore-ish mm-hmm. um and then there's also this uh when they go to this uh uh Buddha shrine, but it has Christmas lights on it and it's playing like Deck the Halls. Yeah. Is this like funny cultural mashup thing where I think it was that they got the Christmas lights and they can't turn them on without them. Playing the song, yeah. Yeah. So but anyway, just really interesting like cultural glimpses here. Yeah, I agree. All right, it's time for us to get to the second part. So I'll set this one out. Thanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll talk about it for a little bit. Um, I I liked it. It's certainly very weird. Um, I actually had to watch it twice because the first uh time 
we were watching um i was in the middle actually of a fantasy football draft and had to make some big trades and things so man i should watch it for the second time with you because i zoned out i checked out yeah well so it's it's definitely like a a really slow and just like what is going on here it's very different than what we're used to in movies you get these um interstitials of just like text on screen sort of like you'd see in a silent film and that's another you know we talked about the exposition last week in m but it was another interesting exposition choice of we're just going to explain what's going on, like set this up via text. And I like it. It's like get in, get out, move on with your exposition sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it also like it hearkening back to silent films, I thought was sort of fun. Yeah. Um, But it's certainly trying to do something different with it. So yeah, I thought it was uh, really interesting. Uh, We get randomly the characters are fully nude at certain points yeah we saw some get our, yeah we get our first dong in the top 100 here in this movie which you know not true feel, oh what, where was the other dong persona when we were assaulted by the penises oh the penis and persona how could i forget how could you forget okay that? so well, second time of dong in the top 100 you're calling it um, dong it's killing me <laughs> yeah and you know, equal representation. There are going to be a lot of boobs in the top 100. There have already been boobs. Boobs, yeah. ahoy. We need some, we need some dog, dongs, too. Um, we, uh, we get, you know, uh, I, this the second half especially just really defies analysis Mm. it's it's hard to talk about or put into words like what's going on here um there are some plot points but it is very it felt to me like the movie is just trying to like put you in a trance basically yeah and get you it's, it's very Would like, you argue that the movie is trying to afflict you with some sort of malady? Oh, the real tropical malady is the movie. Oh my goodness. Did it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting, and I I I respond to this type of filmmaking. Um, I I think it works pretty well to me. I don't know if there's a point to the second half. I don't know if they're needs to be a point necessarily i think that the like sinister nature of this second half brings a really interesting element to the first half that is not that way at all and that the first half's sweetness brings an interesting contrast to the second half as well so I think they're they're being like companion pieces is is really interesting, um, in a way that that works for me. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, it's just it's good. It's good filmmaking. 
um some incredible visuals during this period the penises for sure uh the cow uh <laughs> the cow spirit leaving its body it's gonna brush off really cool yeah i'm gonna brush off the penis comment okay. um the the glowing tree towards the end there just beautiful i don't know how i don't know if it's visual effects or what but there is this just incredible glowing tree mm-hmm. towards the end and it's right before Kang sort of surrenders to the tiger spirit um but yeah some some really interesting stuff here going on in the second half of this movie and if you didn't care for it here's the first half for you yeah the first half is really for me the second half is for Brian mm-hmm. I like the first half too you don't get to claim the first half for yourself no, I'm not claiming it for myself. I just mean this movie has something for everyone. Oh, that's true. That's true. It's mine is yours, darling. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for Tropical Malady. Mm-hmm. I've got a uh, a couple of things that we need to do before we wrap up today. Oh my goodness. So this is our 20th film. Wow. And so I like to look back at the 10 movies that we've just watched. We did this last time. I have more specific instructions for you this time, Hannah, though. You know I love a clear instruction. Okay. Which of these movies will you rewatch? I want you to pick one movie that that you think you're most likely to rewatch. Which of these movies will stick with you? Mm. So even if you're not going to watch it again, which one is like a, yeah, that's entered into like the Hannah Cannon Okay. You know? Oh god. And then you only pick one to rewatch. And then which movie will you never rewatch? Well, you can do whatever you want. Okay. Whatever well, will produce the best content, babe. We love good content. So let's first list the ten movies. Um yep. in order of what we watched. Get out, Persona, Casablanca, Bicycle Thieves, Some Like It Hot, Sherlock Jr., La Ventura, Mulholland Drive. M and Tropical Malady. So what I will rewatch. Um, I will rewatch Get Out, mm. Casablanca, mm. Some Like It Hot, and probably Mulholland Drive. I think I'll give yeah. it another try in a few years. Um, I feel like I need to see more David Lynch, and then we'll come back and watch Mulholland Drive again. Sounds good. Yeah. What about you? What would you? Where do you get to rewatch? Rewatches for me. Hmm. I'm not a huge rewatch guy. Um. I do like to pull out Casablanca every few years. That's a good like comfort rewatch movie. Um. You're not gonna rewatch Get Out. Oh yeah, I'm gonna rewatch Get Out. Yeah, I know that one kind of felt. Like yeah, that. there there are several on this list that are like five star. I'm probably gonna revisit multiple times. Uh, and we do have to life, convince our friend Nathan movies. that Nathan shout out if you ever listen to the podcast that we will get you to like Get Out. We he will. was uh, pretty anti it being on this list. So yeah, yeah, not cool. But <laughs> um. Huh. I feel like both of these last two, M and Tropical Malady, are like new entries into maybe that's more of the like stick with me than rewatch because they're not, I don't know, that uh, I'm feeling the urge to revisit anytime soon. Sure. But I do think that they're going to be, they're going to stick with me and they're, they're definitely, uh, 
were the entries into the Brian canon of movies. So what are your stick with yous? Ooh. Yeah, I think my stick with me's. It's hard because the ones I rewatch, I rewatch because they stick with me. Um, probably, I don't know. See, the thing is, like, the stick with me's on this, mm -hmm. I want to say, are like Bicycle Thieves and M yeah. because they are so. such good, like, influences for current things so you know i mean like watch something and be like oh yeah that's like an m like i think that they're because they are such classics on in the genres that they are yeah. um i think they'll all stick with me mm -hmm. in their own maybe not sherlock jr that one's my that one i'm never gonna rewatch yeah, yeah that's, that one. that's your never rewatch i'll probably never rewatch uh sherlock jr i'll probably never rewatch tropical malady mm -hmm. i'll probably never watch la ventura mm -hmm. um if if yeah i mean persona if i have to yeah. i'm not like excited about it you know like mm -hmm. they're it takes you a keep lot referencing back to persona though i so do i think, I think it is it is sticking with you but in uh maybe uh not rewatch sort yeah of way. like i appreciate yeah. it for what it is and also don't want to experience it again Fair maybe enough. i do i don't know it just things keep reminding me of it yeah so yeah. obviously persona has stuck with creators of other art we've consumed what yes. was it that we watched recently that i was like that's like persona oh it was no it was just mulholland drive that's what it oh, was oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah there yeah. there's there's a lot of persona in mulholland drive um, definitely yep yeah um for me i think i would rewatch any of these i mean sherlock jr is short and so if it was longer it might feel more like a chore to rewatch it but i think it's it's a fine rewatch i really like this this crop of movies i think they're all quite good yeah we've yet to hit um a certified brian dud i know are there, there it's, i know there are some on the 250 that i don't love i don't know if there are any that i've seen on the hundred that i'm like yeah that's not that's not great so anyway that was fun let's do our 2001 fact i love a 2001 fact so i really like in 2001 that when dave is deactivating hal and hal is singing uh daisy mm -hmm. um that it takes three whole minutes for david to deactivate hal and what I like about this is you're past the point there's been some like suspense and almost turned into like a, a thriller in some ways. That's all gone by the time that Dave is deactivating Hal. Like he's clearly already won. Hal isn't scheming up a way to get out of this at this point. Dave has reached where he needs to reach to deactivate Hal and Hal has no remaining defenses but Kubrick still takes his time with it and gives us a full three minutes of Dave deactivating Hal while Hal's trying to talk him out of it in uh in a very funny way and so I like that sequence a lot okay all right our next movie is so excited about this one the red shoes 
Games, directed by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger, a UK movie, which is fun. It's like the only one on the list, right? Yeah, you know, these UK directors, they get whisked off into Hollywood. Uh, and then, you know, so like Hitchcock um, and uh, and David Lean is another one who really... So, you know, if you're directing in the English language, you tend to get swallowed up into the Hollywood system, particularly later on. But Powell and Pressburger, they actually have six films on the 250. Oh, dang. And two in the uh, the top 100 here. And so, What's the yeah. other one in the top 100? A Matter of Life and Death. That's so a great So I've title. not seen that one either. Um, but I quite like uh, Canterbury Tale, which is on the uh, 250 as a... Uh, is a fun one as well so worth checking out but yes the red shoes it is on hbo max and criterion channel uh hbo max soon to just be called max so we're changing our name it's merging with uh discovery plus so yeah well there we go interesting stuff does that mean we can watch like planet earth and stuff maybe is that on discovery plus uh, maybe. No. Okay, we'll see what your dad thinks. Yeah. Who did we get our HBO friend? Uh, friend's login. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. Shout out. Oh. All, All right, y'all. Right, we love you. And we'll see you next week for the Red Shoes. Woohoo!